Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Okay. Um, thank you everyone for coming. Yeah, online, of course, as Hanasi said, this is in honor of her, her second year to the mother, Rivka Basavram. That's what you said. I think this is perfect thing to do, you know? Like, I'm sure she's very happy about what you're doing in general and also this. Like, you know, like you said, that she's preparing for always for Yomtiv. This is a perfect day to prepare. So thank you for giving us the opportunity to come do this. Um, what I would like to do, I'd love it to happen. I don't know. I don't do this type of speaking so much. So work on this, but love to be more of a like a Ferengan, meaning it's not just I'm going to speak and everyone listen, but we can all share, we can inspire ourselves, and together we will grow as a team. We'll have a good Shoshana or an awesome or the best Roshana ever. The title of this shir or this Ferengan is Karnashan Joking. So I'm just going to say some thoughts, some questions, and hopefully it'll stimulate, stimulate us to, to think. I think before we start saying Hashem is your king, I think it's a very heavy statement. What does it mean Hashem is your king? It has to come from someone, you know what I mean? Like it's not just, can't come up the street and say, hey, yeah, you're my king. In order for that process to happen, things there's, there's a whole like, you know, so to speak, a year of Veda or El. So what does it mean to crown Hashem as our king? So I guess that's sort of the first question I want to know. I'm not saying this that I have these answers. I'm just like thinking out loud. So that's one thing. Another thing is that whoever's been listening to the Shir, it's another question is, we, it says in the Gemara, the morning Shir. It says in the Gemara, such as Hashem when he's found, Kerubay's curve, call him when he's close. So it says, when is this time period? This time, this these are the 10 days between Hashem and Kippur. Now, I checked it up in the Gemara, it doesn't, doesn't discuss this much else but that. But if you, if you count, even though we can't count, between Hashem and Kippur is only seven days, not 10 days. So what's going on over here? Another question is, I thought Rosh Hashanah is all about Shuvah. So what is this idea of Karnashim as king? Is it the same thing? Or is it different? How, does these all, how do all these ideas combine together? Also, we, we know in Chabad that Rosh Hashanah is like the, the highest, the highest day of the year. Sort of Yom Kippur in Chabad is not as Serious Rosh Hashanah it says by the Rebbeim, known by the by the Rebbeim, Adam for hours on Rosh Hashanah night, like four hours. Marv, mm -hmm. Marv, we all know it doesn't take that long, and the and the Adam got a tears. It was very very serious. Rosh Hashanah was, was known as a more serious than Yom Kippur. Not the Yom Kippur wasn't serious, but Rosh Hashanah clearly a level higher. Now, in general, growing up, if we understood it, and what you see in the general world, Yom Kippur is more serious. Yom Kippur is the day of judgment. You've been judged. So then why in Chabad is Rosh Hashanah seen as, seen as a lot more, more important? Yeah, that's essentially some of the questions. So let's, let's run through them. We have, why does it say 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur? 
What does it mean to crown Hashem as our king? Why is Bachabad Rosh Hashanah more? Why is Bachabad Rosh Hashanah more powerful day than Yom Kippur? Um, does anyone have any ideas? Any, any thoughts about this? I have a thought about like yeah. why Rosh Hashanah is more important than Yom Kippur. Um, maybe because without Rosh Hashanah, there would be no point in Yom Kippur. Like Rosh Hashanah is like you know when man was created, and like you know if we don't have man, then like. Why do we need two or four? That's what I thought. <laughs> very interesting, very good. So I'm just going to say it again for the recording. So Dean is saying that <laughs> we went for last night. <laughs> Dean is saying that Rosh Hashanah seemingly is more important. Just practically, without Rosh Hashanah, there's no Yom Kippur. It's like, why do we, why do we sell Rosh Hashanah on the sixth day of creation, on the first day? Because without man, there's no purpose of creation. Creation only exists with man. So too. To do tshuva, first you have to be created. So practically, just it's, we come first. Without us, it doesn't tshuva doesn't exist. It's a very, it's a good answer though. You know, else have any ideas, or they think why is it ten days? Why would we say ten days between twenty-seven? What does anyone else have any other questions? Maybe it starts with Rosh Hashanah, or it continues after. So if you include Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, then it is ten days. But it says, Elas are these are the 10 days between. Yeah, it's including Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. That's 10. With Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, it's 10. With that, it's 7. But but it says these are the, day, these are the 10 days. So it's 10 days, but between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So 10 days plus Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So, it's, so, no, so really. No. So when you say between, it normally doesn't include between here and here. It's not including, but if you don't include it, it's only seven days. So you have to include it. Why is it between? If really being, it should be. You could say these are the ten days from Rosh Hashanah till Yom Kippur. But it doesn't say from. It says between. Someone was tired when they wrote it. <laughs> maybe maybe it was like post circus and they were still drunk. They wanted to write it. <laughs> so it's a, it's a funny answer, but but I think it's a good it's an opportunity to to make us realize that everything that's in Torah is is exact, and 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 there's lots to learn from. You know, so like so the fact that they wrote it, and this is sort of we're going to learn about it, the fact that they wrote it. It means it's something you have to learn. And in general, when we learn Torah. Anything we learn in Torah, Torah is. Uh, Hashem's will and wisdom, it's, 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 it's deep stuff. We always take everything serious, like, not saying we, it's an opportunity to look at it and, like, we could just learn, just uh, whatever, we can look at it and ask ourselves questions. It's good. Okay, so let's go like this. So in order, in order to get to the point, I think sort of the, the, the end result is that Hashem is our king. That's what we're trying to reach. With the Lashon of Yom Tov, Akhtar Samelech, taking Hashem as our king. So the stress of this, of this ring is that it's not just Hashem as king, but our king. And once Hashem as our king, we have to sort of start the relationship. So I'll say like this, it's something interesting. When, whatever, a few months ago I started, with a story, a few months ago I started learning Karmaga, a long story. Mm -hmm. 
nearly got someone, a guy behind me got gunpoint at him. And I was like, which like two seconds away from it. I said to myself, maybe I should learn this. So one of the things that happened, so I started going from my gun, they told me, they said this is Bart, and I, I liked it a lot. I didn't like it in the beginning, but, but I learned to appreciate it. He said like this. So you come, it's in a basement somewhere. So you go down the stairs. And normally it's seven o'clock, which is like bedtime. So I'm like leaving in the middle of bedtime. And I'm running to get there. It starts like whatever, 715. So I come down these stairs. And then you line up. And he makes everyone line up the trait line. And he says, so one time he said to us, he goes, it doesn't matter what's happening. Whatever happened before you came, and you're weak, and all your stress is on your life. Just put that aside. And now you're here. Just be present here. And we didn't like it because, like, I'm not running away from my world. I'm trying to add this into my world. But it hit me like a few like a few weeks ago. I was like, I like that very a lot, actually. Why? Because what happens like when you're running and you're stressed and everything's going on in life, and then and then it stops. And then you start going down the stairs. Last thing that happened to me, I walk down the stairs and, and I feel myself like clearing my mind from everything. And I feel the same way. It's a little bit like Ma'in when you go to Shul and Shabbos. Shabbos, you know, the stress of Shabbos, and as you walk to Shul, it's like your phone's off, you're done, and you can sort of relax. And I think this is a very good lesson in life in general, and I think also when it comes to like Rosh Hashanah. When you come into Rosh Hashanah, it's very healthy, and this is in general life. When you come to a situation, whatever happened before, whatever you managed to cook, or you didn't manage to cook, or you managed to sleep, and all the gold preparation you managed to do, you didn't manage to do, when, Rosh, when it comes in, you don't have to cook I'm, I'm new, I'm fresh, I don't have to worry about it, I'm, I'm good. You know, sort of put all those mashavazaris up, and then we can say to ourselves, it could even be like we learned in the Miami in the morning, on, on the like we could be in a not a good place, could have been struggling, we didn't learn, we didn't dive in, we didn't do anything, no preparation for Shana. At this point, it's irrelevant because you can't do anything about it. You can't, you sit down, and whatever happens in the stresses of, of the day, and whatever, and I was meant to do all these things, and you had all these good ideas, or you didn't have whatever it is, and you come, wherever you dive in. And, and this, but this applies the whole, the whole time. She never, you know, she's is as much as a serious day, but should be a happy, like you should be in, in a happy frame of mind. So you come, don't worry about it, and you walk and you're good. That's, that's something that like, just try to remind ourselves. So that in order to crown Hashem as our king, we have to make a relationship with Hashem. Meaning, is not, uh, like Rosh Hashanah, Hashem is not just this like talk, we think about, you know, like Hashem's up there, somewhere in the heavens, but he's down here. So, so for this, I think it's a beautiful story a friend of mine told me. That there was once a guy, the year started, you know, after Shono, that was Tisha finished, and unfortunately, his wife passed away. He was very unhappy. This was an old country, you know, it was back in the day in the 1800s, and he was very unhappy. So he said, he said, God, you take away my wife? I'm taking away film. I'm not playing film anymore. I don't know. I don't like this. this you take from me, I take from you. And he, he stopped playing film. Comes a few months later, and they, and, he, and his cow passes, and the cow dies. He's like, God, you taking my cow? I take away cautious. I'm not keeping cautious anymore. And, he, and he, he, as he goes on, he starts going down. And then it comes, and he says, chicken dies. And he says, take my chicken, take away Shabbos. I'm keeping Shabbos. And in, in, in the midst of all this, his neighbor 
It used to be good friends, going to a big fight with him and not taking to talk to him anymore. So this guy's having a very bad year. His neighbor's not talking to him. His neighbor didn't do all these other things and he's still keeping kosher and Shabbos and being him, but he's not speaking to him. Comes Elul, and you know, you have to ask Shuvah and stuff. You know, people amongst themselves. So he decides he wants to make up with his friends. He comes, knocks on his friends' door, turns over and up, and he's like, What do you want? So he goes, I want to make up. I feel bad. I'm like, it's not worth it. Let's let's make up. Because, because come, let's talk it out. He brings the bottle of mashka, sit down, they say, L'chaim, and they, they hash it out and they, they fix it up. And this guy, so he comes in to show. So, so this guy that was that he stopped doing all these mitzvahs comes El comes time and he says to himself, you know what? The year's coming to an end. I want to I want to hash it out with God. He comes, takes a bottle, pours himself a he drinks, and he says, you know, and he hashes out with Hashem. And I think this is a beautiful story. As much as I'm not learning, I'm not doing mitzvahs, but I think the story is very beautiful in the sense he's real, like Hashem was real to him. Maybe he didn't understand how to how to approach the relationship, but but there was a relationship. Hashem wasn't just uh, something you read in a book, but he really cared, and he was very hurt by what Hashem did. So he wanted to hurt him back. It's not a healthy type of relationship, but it's a relationship. And I think we got to ask ourselves this: this ultimately the question, you know, coming to Rosh Hashanah. Ultimately, Rosh Hashanah is about crying Hashem as king, and this is sort of why why when Chabad is the most serious day is because. Like, like Adina was saying, before you start talking about shuva, before you start going to that level, you have to have a relationship first. You have to, yeah, yeah. Shuvah has to be something. And, and, and you have to have that. Without that, there's no shuva. You know, like you were saying, without, if you're not alive, then there's no shuva. But it's, it's essentially that. And what happens? You know, a friend of mine, I heard a today's cool story that he said, a friend of mine was very, like, stressed. He's coming to Rosh Hashanah. He's like, pretty sure you do. I feel very uncomfortable. I don't understand. Like, what is it? It was a bach, you know, he didn't have many things to take care of. He's like, I feel very uptight. So his friend said to him, he goes, well, What do you expect? He goes, Imagine your father left. And you're not sure if he's coming back. And he's like, Wow, that's interesting. Because essentially, what he teaches us in Rosh Hashanah is Hashem saying, Let, Let's take a pause in this relationship. Let's see where we're holding. Do you like this relationship? Do you want to be in a relationship? Hashem's giving us the choice. And, and it's up to us. To essentially to, to, to ask ourselves this question. Do I want to be in this relationship? Do I care about this relationship? You know, it's it's uh, it's something to think about. Because once we once we get into that, and then and really once we even more than this, so this says, and this is sort of if ever brings up that it's it's a wild idea, is that they're really we're reaching Kippur. I mean, Rosh Hashanah, and also in Kippur, is this level of Kanashim as king is really a deep, deep level within us. Meaning, at the level of us, we do trimetrics. You know, a typical Chassidus fashion, trimetrics become the lowest thing. Without Chassidus, they're like the top of the, the food chain is trimetrics. Chassidus, top of the food chain is, is a yid. So, when you look, so, the lowest level of term, the lowest level in comes to Shana is, is term And in general, in life, a deeper level than that is Shuvah. Because what's Shuvah? Shuvah is you did something wrong and you need to do Kapar. You need to ask for forgiveness. And just look at the man in a relationship. You have, let's say, a husband, uh, a child, parent, child relationship. 
a good relationship, the parent, the child does all, you know, behaves, does all the right things. And what's true? The child does something wrong, so the parent forgives. And, and but what the child would do, even if the kid does something wrong, a parent can also forgive. A parent has a deep level of relationship. It's like, you know, I used to work in Olive and I speak to the mothers. And a lot of the mothers would say, they, they, they had this conflict within themselves. On the one hand, it's my son. On the other hand, my son did something wrong. So how do, how do I deal with it? So a lot of them, what, they, what they said was, I can, I can love the person, but not love the act. Like what he did was totally wrong. And I think it's wrong. It's not my son. And this is Tshuva. Tshuva is tapping to a level that Hashem has a level. This is what we, what we reach. This is the associated Tshuva. And this is the Tshuva aspect of Rosh Hashanah is that you reach this level where Hashem can forgive whatever you did wrong. Which is, which is an amazing thing. You know, if you think about it in the terms of, like, <coughs> you read about the terms of like, the Jewish people is essentially we cheated on Hashem with the golden calf. And then he gives the opportunity to do tshuva for it. That's a pretty serious thing. <clears throat> no one in any relationship would want to do such a thing. You know, God forbid such a thing. Cheating on your spouse, it's like, it's unheard of. And it, to forgive it, it, I don't know how many people could forgive them. But Hashem forgives us for this. And this is what's happening. This is sort of this long time period. So that's tshuva. That he, but what's higher than Shiva, is, is which is a different, another aspect of Rosh Hashanah, is Kriyan Hashem is king. Really, Kriyan Hashem is king is coming from the deepest of places. It's coming from a place of like Atmos. So Atmos, so that you know, one of the things that's important to familiarize ourselves, and it's something that I'm like learning as we go, is like, you know, you, one time, sometimes we ask ourselves, why do I have to learn all this stuff? So like levels and Silas and Priya and Atmos, who cares? Like whatever, it's God and it's us. But one of the reasons, what I understand is because when you learn these levels, you you start to pre it's nuanced. It's like food. You know, what's the difference between eating at a whatever Mendy's and eating at like a five-star restaurant? So it's food, it's food, it's food. But it's very nuanced, there's a lot more to it. When you learn the most you learn in like these concepts, if you understand them and you realize that help me understand God, it's like you're playing basketball. Playing basketball is just a ball and you throw it into the hoop, and that's it. But there's a lot of depth to the basketball game, you know, and there's professional players that they spend many years training. And so too, we're learning all these levels. They help us understand this thing. So Atmos, I think I'm rambling too much. Maybe we should try to take a break. I guess maybe I'll leave. Maybe I want to see in the good room. So try it. I'll put it on the balance.
Okay. Yeah. So, so we still have our questions about why is it Sarim Bain or Shem Kippur? Why is it ten days between Shem Kippur? Seven. I did. Yeah, why do we say it's 10 in between 27? Also, why is Rosh Hashanah the biggest of all the material? So, so, it's interesting. One of the things that ever says Rosh Hashanah is that Rosh Hashanah, it says, we, when we, before we play Shofar, um, we say in the Tehillim, before we play Shofar, you know, you say, that, say some Tehillim seven times. When you say it, one thing we say that we say, the Yivchadlon is not by saying, choose for us our inheritance. Choose us as his inheritance. We say, about Hashem. So choice, choose. What is choice? What does free choice mean? They don't know. What do... When you have two things that are equal, then you are able to choose between them. Very good. What happens if they're not equal? Then it's not a choice anymore, because then you're obviously going to use something better. Excellent. Very good. So, and... Meaning it's still a choice. You can sort of say it is a choice, but it's not a real true free choice. Right. You're choosing, but you know, it's not based off free will. It's more like you're, you're being drawn something. Choose going on a trip to the Bahamas versus uh, you know, a trip to uh, you know, some place not so nice. You still get to choose, but, but, it's, but it has to be, but it's not a true free choice. So when we say, you say that you should choose us as our inheritance, a true choice we're talking about has to come from a true place, which means this is a wild idea. Which means the choice can't come because of our Torah mitzvahs. Because if the choice comes from Torah mitzvahs, it's like choosing, you know, some amazing place versus some not such amazing place. You know, it's choosing. Uh, is there a choice between ice cream and you know plain rice? Yeah. The implication of that Hashem has, has pre, like, I mean, of course, he has free choice, but that's what he's exercising when he's choosing us as his inheritance. Or that's yeah, that's what we're asking. That. And being that we're asking that, we're asking where we are, where's that place in Hashem that there's that free choice? So if we're going to say it's a place in Hashem, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because if we're going to say it's a place in Hashem that our terms make a difference, that's not a free choice. He's choosing us because of our mitzvah. Now, if we're going to say he's choosing us because of our tshuva, tshuva, we said it, we said before, it's a huge level, it's a very high level, it's above. It's even if you do the right thing, you can do tshuva. And, and the highest level of tshuva, you can even, even atone, even transform. You can take even the negative and make it positive, which is a while ago. I was, I was talking to someone about the brain, but it's like, it doesn't, because essentially what we're saying, this is sort of what we're reaching and from. How can you transform something that much? There's something wrong. You're going to say it's transformed totally? It doesn't really work that way. 
you know, it's doing, you did something wrong, it doesn't transform so totally. But even that level, that Hashem, that, that if we're going to say that we're reaching a level of Hashem like this, it's not a free choice. He's not choosing us totally out of free choice because he's choosing us because of our truth that we're doing. So when we say, he's choosing us, it's coming from the, from the central level where it just, it's us and Hashem. It's, not, it's, it, it's, it's, like, it's like in terms, you can try to sort of use it in a, in a lower level, like parents and child. Parents, you can choose the child because choose the child's doing good things. Then you can choose a child because you want to do like they're doing chuva, and then you want to you want to be nice to them. And then there's a choice that's coming not because of anything they're doing, but who they are. And Rosh Hashanah, this is what we're reaching. And Hashem chooses us, and we're asking to choose us. We're tapping to a love of Rosh Hashanah that it's, that it's because it's us and Hashem one. <laughs> Meaning, of course, we have to do chuvah, and of course, we do mitzvahs, and there's mitzvahs for the day to be done, for the shayf and all these things, and daven. But, but what we're really tapping into is a level above all these things. Meaning, meaning within yourself as well. There's a level of me that I'm a good person, or well, I'm not always a good person. There's a level of me that I, that I work myself and do chuvah. Then there's a level of me that who I essentially am. And that essentialness that we have, that we all have, is one with Hashem. And this is sort of what we're asking, this is sort of what we're reaching. You know, there's opinions about blowing the shofar. That, that some opinions say the blowing shofar is, is not coronating Hashem as king, it's after we've coronated Hashem. That's why, and sort of to go back to the answer to the question why by Lubavitch, Rosh was a very, especially the first time of Rosh was very, was like the most important time of the year, because essentially what we're seeing, the Rebbein was tapping to this level, this deep level, that's above we term it's above everything. And think about it in terms of relationships. The relationship you have with, with you know people that's with good friends. There's even on a level that like I like them because they did true what they did to me. It's nice. It's a level above it's above all those things. It's who you are. It's very, even very hard to describe. And this is what the level of reaching Shah, this is what they were being doing. And they, they were they were tapping into that level. And this is what we're doing. So once that happens, then you blow the shaper. As, you know, do you, is the shayfa coronating the king or is it after the king coronated? Meaning, there's the king and you blow the trumpets. If I I was, in order to, to connect this a little bit, I was with my kid, we watched the coronating of uh, the king in England. It was very interesting. And you see, you see this trumpet and da, 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 And it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> like, you sort of get to see my angel. And this is sort of what we're doing. I don't, I couldn't fully understand what was going on, but, but it seemed like that was done after he's already king. The point is, that this is sort of what we're talking about. This is like, we talk about Rosh Hashanah, and this is why it's so, by the way, so deep, and also for us, well, we'll, we'll think of all we're thinking about, this is something I think about. When we say we want to crown Hashem as king, we have to realize, we're not talking about, hey, Hashem, I'll be good, be nice to me, can you be my king, you know, give me, if you're my king, you'll be extra portion of good this year. There's, there's that aspect, and that's a, that's a low aspect of Rosh Hashanah. But then there's the deepest aspect of Rosh Hashanah that it's just me and you. That I want you to be my king, not for what I get, not because you'll forgive me, because of who we are. Like we say in the Dara Shemari, we say, There's nothing I ask Hashem. We say, what am I asking? I have one really, really have one request. What they want to do is sit in your house. I want to be together with you. 
I'm not asking, you know, what am I going to get? Now, of course, there's an aspect of Rishon about it's, it's the decree what you're going to get for the end. But we're talking about the, the highest level of Rishon. The only thing I want is to do with God. It's not about Tremitzvah. You want me to do Tremitzvah? You don't want to do mitzvah, I don't care. I don't care about the mitzvah. I care about you. And in a relationship, that's, you know, no one, like, I, when you have, you know, husband and wife, husband shouldn't say, or wife shouldn't say, I'll do this for you, but I don't like doing it. Deep relationship is, is I like you. Tell me what you want me to do. It's like, uh, you know, wife wants the husband to bring flowers. So he's like, you know what? Flowers, I want to check out in a few days. I'm going to buy, a, like a friend of mine told me, he goes, he goes, oh, wife, I'm going to buy flowers. I'll buy flowers, uh, whatever, once in a while. I'll buy you a safer anytime you want. Safer, we keep, it puts on the shelf, we have it forever. It's very nice that he's buying a safer. But, he, but, he, but the true level of love is, is I love you. What do you want me to get? About what, what I'm getting from this, it says that's interesting. It says about the altar of when he came to debate the Misnagdim. I forgot what it was now. So he already become famous, people knew about him, and they knew there was a big Talmud Chav. But he was a he was a chassid, so he was like he was off path. So one of the big like Rashi Shivas at the time, he said, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna mavat on my. Bittletoy was then traveling, you know, it took a long time. It's like, I'm gonna, and for them, Bittletoy was also very big. So I'm gonna, even though I'm gonna waste my time walking, I'm not gonna have a but it's worth that he said, this is what he said. And, this, and we have to also appreciate, this guy was a big Tamahawk, he said, when I go, he goes, it's worth for me to sacrifice that time learning because if I manage to convince Alter out of his false ways, he goes, when I go to Shemaim, I'm gonna get an extra piece. So he said, I'm gonna get an extra piece, so it'll be awesome. Mm. So the problem is, shallot be very very tasty. But but he's not saying he's he's not saying The only thing I want is to be with you. All everything he's doing is saying I want it's to reward. And ultimately, what we're talking about, Hashem, we're talking about Hashem, Hashem is my king. We've realized that ultimately, it's me and Hashem we're, we're, we're like family. you know, Hashem and us we're all one. And, and, and when we think about it, and you know, as you get to doubling and you space out, and you think so. One of the ideas to think about is, is this point. So, Hashem, do I love you because you give me good things? I love you because if, if, I'm, if I behave, you'll give me good year. I don't behave, you answer. Is that is a transactional relationship? You know, am I a worker or am I, am I like a boss with you? You know, it says about the, the, the Rabbi Shab. There was, there was a, a Sifas Rabbanim, there was a, like a gathering of Rabbanim in Russia, because they were making all these decrees against learning and stuff. And so the Rabbanim got stuck, what to do is so they would gather together. And so the Rabbi Shah was very strict. Chal, like, the Rabbanim, when it came to these things, they were like a force. Everyone's saying, listen, let's just give them a little bit and I'll leave us alone. Very much like what was happening now in New York. So the Rabbi Shah, so afterwards, they had this whole debate and they tried to like, he tried to stop it, but it didn't work. So afterwards, he was sitting on the stairs crying. And there was a Chavetz Chaim. One of these big Lishagrelim came to me and said, said Rabbi, this is why are you crying? Because you did all you could. So he said, he goes, yeah, but we weren't successful. And, and, and it's a very nuanced idea of what happened. What, what was the difference? Why, he said, why are you crying? You did everything you could. So he's saying, it's true we did everything you could, but we didn't succeed. Meaning, meaning this wasn't like my job. 
is my life. If it didn't succeed, it's part of me. So to Hashem Ras. So listen, Hashem, I did, you know, like, like when you have kids, they get kids to do something for you. So like when, when it's theirs, like you tell the kid, listen, we need to get ready to go. We can leave. We're going on a trip. We're going to go on the whatever. We go to the park. When, when they realize it's like it's up to them and, and that they can make it happen, so they start, suddenly they can do things super fast. Never seen something so fast. Because it's theirs. But when they don't, when it's not for them, or they don't see it that way, so they schlep all the way through. And what we're talking about here in Rosh Hashanah is, is that, that it's ours. That we, Hashem and me, you and, my, you and I were together, along with us. I don't care about your mitzvahs. I don't care about the children. I care about you. I'm only together with you. You don't have to think about all you're going to say. So Yetel is going to come and tell you, hey, you think you want to be connected with Hashem. I remember what you did yesterday. I remember you woke up late today. I remember you didn't say this and do this. It's, it's irrelevant now. The Nazareth Rosh all this is irrelevant. You are Hashem, you and I. And this is, and this is what's this is essentially happening. The, the, the secret for us is to, is to try to tap into within ourselves and see this and, and, and feel this way and remind ourselves this. That also answers the question, why do we say, we said these are the 10 days between. So we said how's it between, between is only seven days, not 10 days. So it's saying like this, there's an aspect of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur that's totally above and beyond. And this idea is very similar to Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is totally above and beyond. Rosh Hashanah is totally above and beyond. This one is Hashem that's irrelevant to Torah mitzvahs. All that doesn't matter on this level. Just like a relationship with the parents and the child. You don't stop being a child because you did something wrong. It's irrelevant. You can't say you're so badly behaved, you're not my child anymore. And even if a parent would say that, doesn't change the reality. The reality is it's still my child. And for sure, by Hashem, when we're saying he chooses us, we're saying, choose, don't choose me because I look good, but because I do the right thing. Choose me because of who I am. And that level, Hashem, Hashem he has the choice, and for sure he chooses us. My Trevor says in the circle, he goes, on that level of Atmos, which is Hashem's essence, which is above everything. Sit there the whole night trying to describe all the levels between that and us to, to realize how high this is. Not, of course, not spatially high, but like spiritual this is. On that level, he chooses us. There was there, and he goes, On that level, he wishes us for sure good. Of course, on there, it's good. And we get a good from that level, a good, happy, blessed year, a sweet year. And, and this is that this is the one aspect. So you have that one aspect of Rosh Hashanah that it's not part of the Sesame Shiva. That's the between, meaning there's the part of Rosh Hashanah, it's it's not part of the Sesame Shiva. Then you have the other aspect of Rosh Hashanah, which is Shiva. And you know, it's it's like the Rambam he puts in, and it's interesting in the halachas of Shafer, Rambam writes down, the only thing he puts down in the Hilch of Shafer is the halachas of Long Shafer. Doesn't put anything about Shiva. But in Hilchas Tshuva, in the laws of, of doing Tshuva and repentance, over there he puts, talks about blowing the Shefer as an union of Tshuva. So the question is, why doesn't he put it in Hilchas Tshuva, Hilchas Rosh Hashanah? In, in, it's, like, it's like, I want to learn about Rosh Hashanah. So I learn Halachas of Rosh Hashanah, but that's only I'm learning uh, Halachas of Tshuva, and then it brings me to Rosh Hashanah again. Why not put it in, in, in the right place? So the explanation is because that 
the simple baseline level of the day, the term mitzvah's level, is blowing the shaper and the office. Then there's a deeper level, which is the level of, uh, which is a deeper level of it, which is tshuva. And tshuva is like, it's hint to. So it's not written, it's hint to in Hilch's tshuva. This aspect is also, is also blowing the shaper. And ultimately, the highest level, it's not even hinted to, it's not even brought down, which is this Asher Hashanah that's, that's, that's coming to Hashem's Atmos. Thank to Hashem on that level. Miguel, you ever, you ever got that? What? Repeat it. Repeat it? Yeah. In short, there's three levels to Rosh Hashanah. There's the level of Rosh Hashanah, which is the baseline level, which is the midst of the day, that's like the simple, that's the lowest level. Then there's a deeper level of tshuva, which is which is the simple tshuva. Are you feeling bad what you did? Looking to try to do things better. And then there's the deepest level, which is which is where you are in Hashem one, the above your mitzvah is above your tshuva. And that that's that's Hashem is king. And saying Hashem, I want you to be my king. It's like it says. A king wanted to, to become king of some people. So they said, tell us what your laws, and then we'll, we'll figure it out. So he said, he said, no, no, no. It doesn't work that way. He goes, first take me as king, and then, and then we'll talk about the laws. So seemingly, like, what's the problem? Like, like it makes sense what they're saying. So, you know, I want to know what, what I'm buying myself into. So he's saying, no, no, it doesn't work that way because, because you're not buying. It's transactional. And you care about me. It's like, it's like you know, you're going to marriage. Tell me what you're going to give, how much money you're going to bring into the marriage, how much I'm going to bring in, which days I'm going to work, which are you going to work. We're married, we're together. We're together with this. Once we're here, once once we're together, we figure all this stuff out, you know? So to with Hashem, we're saying, I'm together with you. I'm in, I'm in the program, I'm totally in. I don't care about the mitzvah. Like, meaning not that I don't care about mitzvahs, is that my relationship to you is not based off the mitzvah. It's not based off the terror, it's, sure, it's, it's because it's you. I want to be connected with you. Yeah. Um, can I still be accepted if person is angry with Hashem? Let me just make sure I understand. Basically, what happens if someone is unhappy with Hashem? I think it's like the story we said in the beginning with the guy that was drunk. I look at it personally as he's on a very high level. Meaning, meaning to be angry at Hashem, it means you believe in Hashem. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of people who sit there, we go through the words, we don't think about all this stuff, we just go through the words, whatever, we finish, I eat, and I go, this person is it's working. It's like a Shaykh said, or a Wagner from UCLA, he said, the hardest kids to bring to the Chabad house is the apathetic ones. And you come to them, they say, oh, whatever, I don't care. He goes, he goes, he had a girl. She was the pre when he said this, it was like years ago. He said she's the president of the Chabad house. The first time she came to a shoe, she came to argue with him. Mm. Oh, well, I had a friend, he used to make a shoe in his office. Like he had like an office with like different offices. So he had a guy there, it wasn't religious at all. It was like a, he he brought her out to speak. So it was like a 15-minute share. So it was about Pinchas. And I forget this. He said the story of Pinchas and the whole story of Pinchas being zealous and then killings and whatever. So the guy, I don't remember what, if he was aware or something, he hated, he was arguing, 
he was like, how can you do that? What about the base to? You have to go to the Sanhedrin. You can't do these things. And the guy, you know, much, but he knew enough to argue this out. And so my friend was like, hi, you know, this guy, we lost him. He's not going to come back. And afterwards, he was like, I mean, like, how to say sorry to him? That's, you know, bad, huh? And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, this is the best shit ever. I loved it. So, so being angry, God, meaning, I'm not saying, you know, I'm sure there's, there's, you know, maybe it's guided. Like to not be so angry and realize you know, maybe I don't need to be so angry. But but that's it's 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 not not unhealthy, it's not bad. It's, maybe it's a little bit unhealthy, but it's 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 there's, a, there's life, you know, the things are happening, things are moving. You know what I mean? What do you think? I think the question maybe I don't know if it's what you meant, but like how can I want to be one with a son if I'm angry at him? Is that what you're asking? So good. Yeah. Oh actually, it's good. Good questions. I don't think on uh, one Rosh Hashanah is going to work, maybe, <laughs> but but for sure, talk. You know, I think if, if we say to ourselves, like trust, trust that that I can figure this out, and then just work on it, work on talking, talking to ourselves about like like well, what's bothering me. You know, it's like when I when I stress. So what do you? So you're like, it's very so you say, you know, write it down. So you write it down and it's like five things and you're like, that's it. Like, it must be more, it's like, I feel so much more stressed. You know, so a lot of times, let's say we have some issues actually. So let's, let's write it down, let's figure it out. You know, let's, let's see what it actually is. And then let's try to work on it. Let's see what, what could I be doing? Like, how can I fix this? Maybe I need to speak to someone, you know, whether it's a mashpia or, uh, you know, going to therapy. You know, a healthy, th- good therapist is it's worth its weight in gold. People, I've seen people's lives change. You know, or it could be reading more, learning more. We shouldn't just get, like, all I'm saying is that we shouldn't just st- stay in that place of like angry. And it's fine. I'm not, I know that it's fun. You know, like we, for whatever reason, we were like, we like to be in these situations a little bit. And sometimes we have to learn that, okay, I've done it enough. Now it's time. Let me, let me get out of this. Does that make any sense? Yeah. We should, we should never like just push it away. That's not a healthy mindset, but we shouldn't just settle for it. I think also a very important point to think about everything we're saying is sort of the quintessential, like the background behind it is all this exists because we have, we are important. Hashem wants us to crown him as king. It means we can crown Hashem as king. It's like I was speaking to someone this week. He's a guy, he asked me, he's like, should I start you doing for not? So I was like, well, what's like, I didn't know exactly what was going on in his life. I was speaking a little bit. So I said to him, so one thing I said to him, I don't have a good comment that came up, but I said, I said, I said, you have to look. Like, he's like, oh, I don't, he goes, well, in Shiva, they never told me about anything. Shiva, marriage, nothing, I don't like. So I said, I hear you. I said, if you look at this properly, it'll help you a lot. So he looked at me like, I don't know, like, what are you talking about? What's the connection with this marriage? So we started talking about a few things, and one thing I said to him, I said, so this is very, it's very empowering and shows you like, how important you are. He's like, where'd you see that? I said, it's everywhere. So I don't know what you're talking about. I said, like, let's use an example. I said, give uh, a making a dwelling place for Hashem. It's, in a certain sense, it's very egotistical of us to say that I can make a place for Hashem to dwell. Hashem himself. Which is above anything you could ever imagine. Imagine getting the king, you know, the king of England 
come to your place. How likely is that? Very unlikely. And imagine what you need to do to get everything done and permission and make the house look presentable. I remember when Obama drove his car down Kingston, the other way, he didn't drive, whatever, the entourage, for like a month before they were putting trees. I'm like, why are they putting trees? The guys don't even see this. <laughs> and then look what they look what they do. And 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 Hashem is saying, we've been told in Torah that Hashem wants us to make a place for him. It's pretty wild. That's pretty, you know, you, you can't be a nobody. And I think a lot of what we learn, we have to think about it and realize like this, Khan Hashem is king. We can Khan Hashem is king. What we do matters. And it really does. In, in a, but in a good way, not in a, we should never take it and somehow find out a way to like press down on it. But we should, we should realize this. I think it's very important. In Sal's one thing I was telling us, I said like, I said, don't be a barker just like since the way to get married. I said, live life, do things, help people. I think it's a, in general for ourselves, realize, but like, <coughs> I don't think, I think one of the biggest issues we, we, we face is not realizing how amazing we are and how amazing we can be. There was once a Bachar, and he was a very smart kid. He was in some seven, but he had a little bit of an ego. And you know, and people know it, and you know, Lauch like to put everyone down. <laughs> so he got slammed, you know, oh, you're nobody, you think you are. So he came to Yechidis, he told the rabbi, he's like, I have this issue, I have this ego, and you know, he told me, I have to like, put it down, what do I do with this? So you know what I told him? Remember, said to him, he goes, just be all those things. Be all those things. You think you're a Tamil Chachim? Be a Tamil Chachim. You think you can finish the whole Gemara? Say, finish the whole Gemara. You think you can daven for hours? You daven for hours. You can think you'd be the most, whatever, be all those things. And it's such a, such a powerful statement. I like, you know, Rosh Hashanah is, is, is a time to like realize this. It's relationship, I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with God. God cares for me to come to Shul and, and, and be there and listen to the Shefer. My mitzvah makes a difference. Wow. You know? And, and, you know, it's like when I was in Yeshua, my first Yeshiva experience, I was in a place called Yeshiva Gdera, Australia. And the first, like, so, so I, didn't, I wasn't very experienced in Yeshiva. And just follow the crowd. It's a lot of people that go down, like, so into everything. My room was called the train station, which basically meant whenever you wanted to, like, what's going on? You just go to that place and something's happening, which means I didn't get a lot of sleep. And so, yes, the first, this is my, like the first whatever semester, whatever, is, you know, just learning how to live life as a buff. And I remember the second man started, and we were all sleeping in, whatever, whatever, went to bed late, and we're sleeping in. So, the Mashkir, it's like the guy that gets you in trouble, basically. It's a very weird system. I don't know why they do it that way, but he, he comes into our room, he's like, He's like, get up, wake up, you're all sleeping. So I said to him, like off the cuff, I'm like, you know, you never say anything nice to us. I'm like, don't tell me you're speaking to us, we'll do something wrong. And he was like, he was taken aback by it. But also was a little bit disrespectful to me. And he goes, he goes, it's, you, got, you got a point. It's, I hear you. <laughs> he goes, fine. So like, okay, whatever. <clears throat> so the next day, next day comes. You're still sleeping, he comes in and he goes, Sure, I want to say something nice to you, but you're still sleeping. 
So I was like, okay, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Let's, so let's see this game. Let's play this game. So I don't think I remember, you know, these days for like seven in the morning till nine thirty at night. I don't remember that much, but curfew was at 11. So one morning I come in, it was like a few days later, and he called me over. He like stood in the middle when like the dinner is. Say, oh, see, I'm walking out. And in the morning he calls you, it's never a good thing. So I'm like, what do I do now? So he called me and he goes, shows me a piece of paper and he goes, shows me like some ticks. Marks, I'm like, I, I came on time to curfew, I'm on time. He's like, no, I know you did. I'm just showing you, you did. That was like his biggest compliment he could give. <laughs> So I remember like walking back. <laughs> it was so funny. I remember walking back. So I remember walking back to my place and everyone's looking at me, what happened? And I was like totally bewildered. I didn't know what was going on. Like, what happened? What do you say? I'm like, I think he complimented me. <laughs> They're like, well, what did he do? I said, he showed me this tick. He said, he came on time. I'm like, I guess you're saying, and from that point on, it changed my whole that whole semester changed. I never got class, never got money, never had to pay any fines. Came to everything, and I remember at one point he goes, "So, so say it was funny. Finished at eight thirty, and nine o'clock was davening. So you meant to like prepare, prepare for davening? I wasn't. I just went back to bed. Like my whole room was going back to bed." We would like run to bed, hop around and come back, come late to davening, whatever. This is a different time period in my life. And so he told me at one point, he goes to me, by the way, technically to be considered on time, this is how he told me, is by the technics to be considered on time, you have to be here by 8.45. Meaning, I, meaning Seder finished 8.30 and nine o'clock was davening, nine to five. So I used to go to sleep half an hour, yeah. When we think about it, so you, we have to wake up at seven. It's funny, now I sleep a lot less, but in those days, it was, I was exhausted. See, so, so I would have half an hour of sleep, and he, so he told me, he goes, by the way, you should be really coming for two minutes. But he said in a very nice way, he's like, you should know that really to mark your time, it's 15, you should come at 8.45. And I remember, I'm ahead, I remember this. It's like so weird that I remember this. Six years ago, and I said, okay, I'll come. At 8.45, I came. I wasn't fast, I wasn't getting in trouble. But I felt that he cared. I realized that he changed, and that whole the whole experience. He taught, and he told me like you, you changed. What's funny is I was just about Tishrei. Tishrei went to New York, life changing experience. And then I came back. He made all his new rules. And I hated him again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What happened to you? I'm like, why? I'm back. But, but I think I think the lesson is is very important. That when we realize that Hashem cares, you're not punishing us. So, you know, the midst of the, the, the thing, and, and I'm not saying we go through struggles in life. It's for sure we do. We have to learn how to how to deal with that, like how to process that. But together with that, we've got to realize that Hashem, look, I'm not there to hurt us and hate us. And Hashem, like it says in the Sikh, Hashem is coming from the ultimate, like from the Atmos, the Torah, from Atmos, and showing Atmos, Hashem's essence himself, he wants good. So he sure brings it down. You know, and never doesn't make up stuff. This is, you know, I think, I think when we realize this, and Hashem wants it good for us, we learn about these things, and we, we not just learn, but we think about it, and we try to internalize it. It helps us and changes us a little bit. And that, you know what I mean? The, the, the idea is that when we're talking about Hashem, we don't think about something somewhere. It's, you know, 
Oh, totem. Mangachu. It's a perfect thing. Show Mangachu. Then bring it out with yourself. You know, but I think also something that, that, that I've worked on, I think something that we could all do a little more of is appreciate how many blessings we have. It's hard to see it sometimes. And this took me many years to do. And I used to see all the negatives. I, to, to, to be a little bit real with us, and I used to say this a lot. To ask Michal about this. I used to make a joke. Like, you know, we, we, and, and we struggled in our own ways. And I'd always say, as a jerk, say, you know, look at everyone else with all their good things, what that I thought was all good. And I said, I said, uh, so I don't have this, I don't have, I don't have anything. I said, but at least we have Shalom Bias. But I said it as a joke, uh, Shalom Bias. And then I matured up a little bit. And I was like, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty disgusting for me to say such a thing. Like I, I belittled what I had. And now I appreciate, I realize, and I, you know, we worked hard for the Shalom Bias. I'm not saying don't, but. It's, it's, I'm so glad I have it. I have kids. I've helped, you know, people come to the Rebbe. We should talk about this. People come to the Rebbe, talking about the kids. And the Rebbe said to them, you don't understand how many people come in here wish to have your problem. I think we don't, you know, I have a friend of Chavrusa. He lives in Central America. I forget what it is now. And there was like a tropical storm. And he's out of power. So it's like a weird thing. <coughs> Basically, she was like, she's like, <laughs> can for me that I get enough power? It's meant to be a heat storm. They're saying like it's like dangerous, dangerously hot. And he has no AC. You know, I'm sitting in my room, you know, my house, the AC going, running water, there's no running water. It's like, wow. We don't, we don't, you know, when did we ever say to ourselves, oh, last week, oh, wow, I'm so blessed. I have a roof over my head. I have food. I have our water. I have AC in the summer. Is it Venezuela, maybe? No, no. It's an American, it's called, it's like an American, yeah. Puerto, Rico. Not, I don't know. Puerto Rico, I think. But it was just like a simple thing. I'm talking to a person, a friend of mine, that he doesn't have power. Imagine how uncomfortable it is. You know, I'm saying we don't realize how many blessings we have. We know how to learn. You know, you know we sit here, we have money to get to Dhaka. It's amazing. Like, we are blessed. Doesn't, I'm not belittling, we shouldn't belittle the issues that we have and whatever we want to work on, but also be able to weigh that properly. You know what I mean? Anyone else have any questions, comments? I was learning something today sort of connects to what you were speaking about. Um, it, it's, it's from like Tanur Devara. It's from like Ramosha Kardavara. Um, but he was, he, he basically takes like the Yod Gimel Midas Harachamen, you know, the 13 attributes of mercy and like says, oh, how can we implement it in our own lives? So I actually just did the last one today. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, and it was basically, you know, what you were talking about, about how Hashem like considers everything like very special, even if they're not doing the right thing necessarily. Um, and so he was saying that we we could also take that approach to other people, um, like you know, if somebody really hurt us and we're like having a hard time, like you know, forgiving them because you know this, this is that time of like, forgiving people, whatever. 
on you saying that, you know, you could kind of look back at the person and say, oh, well, maybe in a different time in their life, they were doing good things and maybe they could do Jeshuvah for themselves. And I mean, it is like, you have to strike that balance between like, you know, dealing with the feelings that they put into you and, you know, thinking positively, you know. Beautiful. Yeah, and ultimately you never know the full story. You know? Like that's also what happened when like one of my things realizing that like we make assumptions about people's lives, of, oh they have so much money and have this. Everyone has, you know, the joke goes that everyone gets a chance to put on all their peckle up, all their, like, their issues, and they take what everyone else wants. So everyone grabs someone else's that they see all the good and then they see it's like a string attached and on the end something else I don't want. You know, like yeah, you know what, I'll just take mine. So it is, we all have no one no one has uh, the perfect life. Everyone has you have you you know as Shalman Harbashan said by the Shabbaton, he said people complained to him that he was taking too much mail. So everyone goes to get mail. So they're like the you know yes you stand in, in whatever and the guy gives out the mail. So he was also getting a lot of mail because everyone really knows right into him. But one guy is like Bashkin, you get so much more mail than me. Why are you taking all the mail? So he's like, I'm not taking your mail. <laughs> this is my mail, like it's not yours. So the guy is like a guy, you know, this is prison a little slow. So he's like, let me show you. So he opened up one of the letters, it was like in Yiddish. So if you look, can you read this? It's like, it's not for you, it's for me. It's not yours. And 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 so he so he explains, he said one of the things he learned from this, he goes, in life, he complained that I don't that someone else took my mail. You know, someone else has my things. I wish I had this. He's like, it's not yours, it's not meant for you. And he said he like for himself, this like realizes you have what you're meant to have. Doesn't mean to satisfy yourself, but like we shouldn't like compare ourselves to others. You don't know what's going. You know, it's not it's not your life. It's their life. You have your life. You have their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess maybe another question. How do you practically get in the mindset? I guess, again, maybe everyone has their own version of it, but try to do the things I guess everyone might have their own things that get them going, but it's trying if you want to <laughs> saying, you know, let's go there. And maybe listen to a shir on Rosh Hashanah or something. Something you like to listen to. And then just, you know, thinking about what's not being hard on yourself. Now, I might say that a lot, but it's just because I know myself and I've, you know, and I think I'm not the only one. We don't realize how hard we are on ourselves. You know, come to Rosh I'm getting the chance to accomplish this thing. You know, learn about how what you know Rebbeim did. You know, it's like they have the whole story of the Pigeons first year in America. And I cried four hours. I like he's taking his like table and like the napkin, whatever. It's like so deep. You know, so it's a, a serious, awesome time. And realize my what's how you know think about what's my relationship with Hashem. 
How is that relationship? Is it good? Is it bad? Could it be better? What could I be doing better? You know, how can I, how can I should be more part of my life? It's ultimately, you know what I mean? This shouldn't part of my life at all. It's not about taking, you know, last year in half grand, it was last year spring. And that is we take, it's not to be grand. Meaning, and I used to do this a lot. You look, I look where I am and where I want to be. So I say, let me go there. But there's a big distance from where I am where I want to be. So you got to ask yourself, where's the next step? You know, what's that next, what's the next step to getting there? And, and working on that next step. As, as a friend of mine told me, there's a, there's a, there's a big Tamachach, his name was Chassid Rameyach Chivon. He's in Morristown. He's new, he knew everything, he knew the altar. Like, they say, they say you do the pin test, which means you take a Gemara, you put a pin in it, he'll tell you what, what it says on each page. A friend of mine asked him, he goes, what, what's my avoider for Elul? What should I be working on in Elul? So he told him, and in the, when I heard this, so a few years like, I laughed at this, like I, I thought it was like a joke a little bit, but I think it was very deep. So he said, you should, you should finish the Masechet of Gemara that he took on a Yitzhak Yitzhak Kisle is a custom to take on um, Satsang Gemara to learn. So when he asked him what I should be doing in Elul, he said, take on, like, finish up that, but do that. So I was like, yeah, you're like saying, like, you're going to waste your time anyway, so let's do something good. But I think what he was saying is, you know, one, one opinion Michal told me, Mary Pinson, he has this whole thing about, you know, it's about finishing. So that could be, that's why he said it. But I think another thought is, is that, like, she take another thought to do something else. Like, what about all the things you have to be haven't done yet? You know what I mean? Like, like we don't have to keep on going more. Just like let's fix up what we need to fix. You know, what, what can I do? I don't know. Everyone, I guess, has their own way of getting inspired. Could we listen to you know, the or songs which on davening or looking at the davening and you know looking at the words? I don't know. Make it resonate with you at all? Yeah, it's also, yeah, you can see it was, you're not like. Yeah, it's also, yeah, you can see it was, you're not like. Yeah, it's also, yeah, you can see it was, you're not like. True inspiration, like uh, this rabbi said, when did you become a Lubavitcher? So he grew up like a modern Orthodox. And then he became like he started doing shlank, he did different and he was learning different stuff, and he was connecting different places. He said, So when was the point we became we knew we became a Lubavitch? So he said, every Shabbos Friday night, living in Shlaim, 
there's I think it's called Shabbos, and he'd go to, he'd go to different different tish, you know, different chassidim have tish. It's like you know the sinugim and they give shirayim, and every Shabbos he'd go to a different place. And by this point, he already started learning a little bit of this. Prime comes and he said he's walking down the street to go to like the center of town in Nesharim. Uh, and he goes and they talk with his friend. He goes, Where should we go? Which tish tonight? So he said, he said to himself, he goes, you know what? Because right near the Kikashams, there's Echumanachim, I think it is. It's like a Lubavitcher store, sells farm and also like a library. He said, he goes, it's a Shalom Tanya. And he said, uh-oh, I became a Lubavitcher. Well, who knows why he became a Lubavitcher when he said this? I'll, I'll, I'll say it again and think about it and see if you can figure it out. So every week would go and try to find another tish. And this week he, as they were discussing where to go, he said to himself, you know what? I should go to Lantan instead. Instead of eating? Instead of going to the tish. Tish is not, it wasn't eating. It was like, it's like, it's well, like a big for bringing in with a lot of- Yes, yeah, like, so they, they sing songs. Like, a lot of, it's very nice. You should go if you have a chance. They sing songs and the rabbi gives out like food. That's all that happens. It's, it's cute. It's like nice. You know how to sing very well. Like the external yeah. aspects of like being inspired. It's like the external inspiration, whereas the Tanya, wanting to go learn Tanya is like trying to make it more of a personal impact and inspiration. Very good. And so what she said? What she said? Yeah, but what, let's just, let's just stir on what she said. She said it well. Basically, what he realized Wait, what? So Ruta said, when you go to the Tish, it's like, it's nice, but it's like, it's very, uh, like, mocking. Inspiring, inspiring, and then, like, you go home and it's done. And you go, yeah, you, you, yeah, you don't live with it, whereas time you learn something. That's exactly it, meaning, meaning he realized he was going there to get inspired, and he realized he can inspire himself. The Rebbe, Chassidus, and Chabad Chassidus, it says this monopolimus demands to means to be yours. Whoever made you into we're meant to be a rabbi, we're not meant to be chassidim. Of course, we're chassidim, but meaning, meaning when you go like what's a shlech? Shlech is is the rabbi in that place, and we should be like that. And that's why if you ever learn, you know, you think about it, when you learn a sicha. The sicha has a question and an answer, and a lot of stuff in the middle. Now, why is all the stuff in the middle? Just tell me the answer. So what's the point of the stuff in the middle? Stuff in the middle is to show you how to think. Like, this is how I'm thinking about this. This is how you should think about it. And we should internalize it enough that we can see it that way. You know, the Rebbe wants us to make, us to be self, so to speak, self-made people that we can stand on two feet. I don't need to come to the Rebbe to be inspired. I can inspire myself. That's why we have so much chassidus in the Rebbe. That's why we have so much chassidus. Because the Rebbe is trying to give it to you that it becomes yours. And he realized he doesn't need to go somewhere else to get inspired. He can inspire himself. So to that coming here to be inspired, and it's great, and it's amazing, and, it's, and it inspires us. You know, we're, we're fortunate enough to live in this place where people from around the world are coming. But that doesn't mean they have to, they're automatically more inspired than you. It's not a true inspiration. I mean, it could be, but I'm saying you can be more inspired without having to do all those things. You know what I mean? Meaning, meaning in, simple, in simple terms, you take something you learn, you learn how you're young, as simple as learning how you or learning some chits, whatever it is, something you learn and you live with, and you think about it and you say, How does this apply to me? And how do I live with this? 
You got, you got, you got gold. You got it. Doesn't mean you shouldn't come to sense everybody. Of course, you should listen to nature. All those things are good. But don't think to yourself that because you don't go every day for every davening, you're not, you're not as inspired. You'd be, be as inspired. Think about it. The shluchim, right? from Australia, they went to Australia in the fifties. It took like days to come to America. Now it was, you know, two flights from New York. And he came in days. Like, I don't know how he got there. Think about that. He, le- he went to Australia, he left, he's gone. It's like going to the moon. And how to keep himself inspired. It wasn't like he watched a video there. He had nothing. I don't know how he got, like, if you got anything, how much did he get already? Like, he was, he, he was by himself. He keep himself inspired. So sure, we can also do it. You know what I mean? Like that's also a lesson of like the Yaakov talk, the it's like after the whole Tishrei experience, and you, it's very uplifting and up and all that, and you take on achatas, and then you're supposed to like then you go to your regular every day. It's like the point is that you're supposed to it has to be practical. You're supposed to take it in your day to day life, so like that you come to next Rosh on an even higher level, hopefully, so that you're on another level being inspired and of identity. Yeah, yeah, very good, Sean. And also, that's also, in general, another thing also to not be having ourselves, we're gonna do this again. Meaning, meaning you don't have to do everything perfect. Shem didn't make us perfect, he didn't make a perfect world, and didn't expect us to be perfect, no. You know, my, my like for example, I used to be very like I want to do everything perfectly. I do my mistake, it's done. But I've learned, I've learned to get over it. <laughs> like this year, I was saying slichus the second day, and, and on my on my slichus book, I didn't I didn't move my bookmark. So I just started saying slichus. Suddenly, I'm noticed like this guy's in Paris so much faster than me. Like how's he going so much faster? And I and suddenly I look, I'm like I'm on, I'm, not, I'm still on the first day. I'm a whole day. I'm like, what am I doing? Just move on, like. Uh, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Just, just move on. You know what I mean? Just keep on going. Like, like and you're going to do it next year. And every year, you'll be more experienced. You'll understand it better. And hopefully, you know, if, if you keep on trying, you're just going up and up and up. Really? It's to realize that, that well, when, we get, when we get bothered by it, what we're saying is, Shem's not around. Shem's not here. What are we bothered about? Shem's here. Shem knows what's going on. He knows I'm trying. You know, like, you think he's, is he angry at me? Like, oh, you made a mistake. Why'd you do that? He knows, he knows me better than I know myself. Like, oh, we, we get, it's half for us to move on because it's our, own, it's our own, essentially our own ego is getting away. Like, Shem's fine with you. You know? It's like when people, it's like when people, they, they do something wrong to you and, and like, so you call an out on it and then you move on, but they still keep on holding. It's like, what are you still holding it for? Like, I'm finished. I had a friend, whatever, I did something wrong. It reminded me of this today, like, so I did like, whatever, I didn't, like, it was, it was by accident. Like, whatever. And so he complained to me a few, a few, a few days later. He texted me. He was very, I li- like, I liked it a lot. He texted me and he goes, you, <laughs> he said to me, he goes, you, 
She never fall, like basically, yeah, broke his glasses. It was an accident. And, and he's like, he never followed up with about him. Like, you didn't really check in on me. Like, I thought we were good friends. And like, he's like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to continue going on this. But I just like, I, like in order to be like open with a friendship, I'm gonna tell you this. I was like, I appreciate it. I'm sorry. So I kept on like going on. Like, I'm really sorry. He's like, I'm done. It's finished. You're good. Like, and I realized like my way to that was to keep on going and feeling bad on myself. It doesn't help him. And when you do that, it doesn't let him be able to be honest with you. I have to do with this guy being, you know, crying and complaining. Just, you're done. You know, it's like the story. I used to hear it about uh, a monk, but then recently I heard about a husband. I don't know the story. But, the, but basically, it's the same part. There, there were people crossing in the old country you know, in Russia, they were trying to cross the river. There was a lady trying to cross. All the lady, whatever. She was like, it's a hard well, hard river to cross. So, one of the, so the Alta Chassid grabbed the lady, picked her up, whatever, put her on the shoulder, and he crossed and helped her cross, put her down. And then they kept on walking. She walked off, and he walked off with his, with his friend, younger friend. And so after a while of walking, his friend's like, you want to sound something? Can you show me the gear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, but I put it down. He's still, he's still shimming again. He's still touching it now. Like he's still in his head for the last two miles. Think about it. He let it go. He finished. Meaning, we can say to ourselves like this. I'm still holding on to it. Why am I holding on to it? Is it am I doing it because Hashem cares? Or because of my own things? You know what I mean? I think, you know, it says, it is a machlis for knowing that the issues have the solution. Understanding like before figuring out the solution, realizing, hey, I'm still holding on to this. That's the first step. One realizes it. And then you can really start to like figure out, like, should I be holding on to this? Because you can't like improve in that area if you're holding on to that that you Exactly. How do you balance having like that? Like you're saying, Hashem believes in you, so like you could do well the what is empower being empowered and being disappointed that you didn't achieve. What you did. Say it again. Meaning, like, not, uh, what's the word? Mm-hmm. Basically, holding yourself to where you could, you saying, like, we don't believe, we don't realize what we could achieve. So yeah. then it's like, oh, well. So then, how do you balance that with the fact you didn't achieve what you, you feel like you're not giving yourself by, like, achieving what you know you could achieve? So you, like, bring. I feel like life is like uh like you want everything to be perfect always, but like you have to realize that the journey is important and like so there's no like set answer. There's like times when you're gonna when you're gonna feel like yuck, like I really don't like this, but that's important so that you can grow and you need both. But like the difference between like octopus and like depression and, and sadness where it's like or bitterness or whatever, it's like you know, not getting so stuck that like it brings you down. So that's the part where it's like I can do anything and whatever. But the Yeruda helps you grow, whatever. So it's like, like I think I don't know if I'm making sense. Like a bit of a journey. Like when you're feeling low, it's important. That's important because that brings you much higher. So to not get stuck in it. And then to know that you can do anything. Maybe like knowing that you can do anything is what will bring you out of that feeling bad. It seems to me that they're two different 
things happening. They don't really come together. Meaning, you don't feel like you can do everything and feel like and, and, and feel stuck. When you feel stuck, it's because you don't feel you can do everything. If you do everything, you're not stuck. Like, like she was saying, it's the difference between atzvus and atzvus. Like, how do you know if, if it's, it's a healthy like sadness or unhealthy sadness? Like you're saying, an unhealthy sadness is, and this is the Rebbe says, you read the Rebbe's letters, I'm not a blocking Rebbe's letters by any means, but you read a few of them, just a side, a side tangent a little bit, but I, I was wondering this, and I think I figured out the answer, that when, when, when the Rebbe asked to get the letters written, so I 11, which he lives like a few doors down, he's a librarian, he was tasked with putting, compiling the letters, he said, should I do it according to subject or according to time? So they were told to do them time. So I always felt like well, a long time I was like, how does time help me? Like, I want to know about depression. What depression section? Why do I have to go like how am I gonna search all these volumes? For, for many years it bothered me. But I think I figured it out. It's actually very simple. It's because everybody wants you to use it as like an index for your for your issues. Once you read, read it, learn it like a safe room and go through it. And, and it'll, it'll shape you. You just go with your own things. You're not going to really learn it. You're not going to get it. You don't, you don't want it. like just one of those like quick, you know, let me go Google it and find it. Want you to like learn and, and, and soak yourself. Well, no one's going to ask. Are you thinking that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2022. <laughs> what, what? I think where you could like search certain topics and see, but. Also, you find the English well, versions of it. When, uh, when they do English ones, they're all kind of stuff. But. But the point is, so, so the point is, in, in the Rebbe's letters, one of the one of the best themes you find. It's a very simple idea, but it's very profound. He says, "How do you know if something's coming from Yitzhar Yitzhar?" Simple question. How do you know? And this is sort of a question I want. How do we know? How do you know if something's coming from Yitzhar Yitzhar? How do you how do you know this? Anyone know? But it's hard not to bring to an action, not good action. But it's, you're right, exactly what you're saying. It, it, it's, you ask yourself, where is this leading? What's the end result of this? If the end result is something good, positive, it's a tape. You know, meaning, meaning in simple English, you could be, you did a person, Chasasham, did and it brings down a tanya, a person did a really big avera. And, and they're sad about it. It's a good thing, you should be sad about the avera. The only thing you're going to ask yourself is this sadness. What is it leading to? Is this sadness leading to, to, to me being depressed or, or to change? Because I'm good about it. Meaning, it can be the worst of various. You know, let's say you ate pork and you keep The second after you ate pork, you're a person, you know, a theoretical being, the second after, their job is to and go back and go back to Shul and keep on doubling. The worst thing we do to ourselves is to keep on going. Um, nobody. So I'm saying to come, if, if you feel you're, that you can change the world and you're amazing, you're not going to get stuck. You get stuck if you don't feel that way. You know what I mean? And in general, it's, it's a good question to ask ourselves. A lot of, for me, what is sort of like, Changed my, changed me, and sort of like changed my, my life. 
you know, I started to understand what I learned in, in my terms of myself, like Nefshavamas, started to understand my Nefshavamas. <laughs> it's very important when you learn something. Talk about you remember a lot of places how you should make it your own. But it's about my, like, when you understand, like, this matters talking about me, and then you try to figure out what that, like, what's that Nefshavamas for me? What's my Nefshavamas? How does it express? And, and for a minute, we, we like, we say, yeah, yeah, Nefshavamas, yeah, I'm the bad guy. Uh, but we don't really know it. When you know it, you know, intimately, so then, then suddenly the mind, that's what when I started, when I, I had to on, like, whoa, that's what Nesha Muhammad is. I'm also Nesha Lakitas. And then I'm like, one second, that mind is said Nesha Muhammad, because let me want that mind again, and now I understand what those words mean, which is animal stuff. So I was like, whoa, it changed. You know, and all these good topics we're talking about, it's, it's good for ring, it's very good. I think like being able to apply them is with is is knowing ourselves, you know, knowing who the national is and who the national kiss is. When, when is that? When, when when you're talking, who's talking? You know, that thought. Who's thinking that? Oh, national is thinking and national kiss. And like we said, well, you can figure it out by what's leading to me. You know, and even then, like really, the eight Sahara. The difference in the eight, who knows the difference in the eight Sahara? And the Nashavamas. You want to know the difference? Very good. Meaning the, the Nafshabahamas is not intrinsically bad, just selfish, self-centered. It takes care of you. The Yitzhahara, this one's bad. You know, it's like it's like you know you should go to bed, but you should but you want to keep them watching. That's the it's Azar. It's like, but I know it's not a good idea. You do it anyway. That's Azar. Ramesh is like, this taste will see will see this. I like this. You know, I should probably eat something healthy. Uh, I'll cheat this. But they also might say let's eat healthy. But all these things, if you if you know these these people, so to speak, in you, you can all the the, the tips and tricks for this gives you can, you can apply. Very good, yeah, yeah. Because also, when you say, you know, in Tanya, you're talking about you have two nefashas. So, there's, there's two of me. It's not like, I'm not, like, I can disassociate myself with that person. And that's also why we can also, like you're saying, I can have one day, there'll be, I'll be a tzaddik, I'll do everything right. The next day, totally opposite. I'm like, what happened? Like, I thought we were going up. It's true. Yesterday was your natural kiss, was the most you were dealing with, and today's your natural promise. It's totally fine. It totally makes sense. And again, well, that's why I shouldn't get down myself. That's the promise. He took control today. And all this, knowing ourselves and all this we're talking about, leads into, into Rosh Hashanah and like Krashim is acting. Because then it's like, it's like Shem is personal. If you don't understand what myself even has to understand Hashem. You know, this is all part of the Avedah, you know? Nothing's in a bubble. It's like, can't just come Rosh Hashanah and say, hey, Shem, you're my king, yay! You can do that, and it's better than nothing. But there's all deeper levels, and, and like, working on ourselves, and seeing ourselves, and understanding this, and saying, Hashem, I really want to be. 
And I, you know, I want to have that connection. You know, and, and in the past, when I thought about this, Michelle, I thought about it as like making, like being genuine about it. Like we can say it, it takes two seconds to say it, but we can also like think about it and, and say it from like, the, you know, depth. It's like, you know, it's like you can give flowers to someone. Yeah, I like flowers and walk off. Say, yeah, I love you, whatever. And then you can like really mean it. Like write a letter, you know, People give Rosh Hashanah cards, it's beautiful, and someone handwritten and like it's a different experience. And so to like, you know, yeah, Hashem, you're my king. I care about you, I want to be connected with you. You know, and like I'm so happy that we're connected. I don't care, but like whatever you tell me to do, I do. Say the it minutes. It. It's, it's gold. And once you have all that, then it's like, and, and it really once once if that was internalized within us, then all the misses easy. Like the guy telling me to get up at 8.45 was easy. It wasn't hard. What changed? It wasn't like I got an extra boost of energy. It's because I realized we care, like we're connected. Like we, in that case, the more he cared about me. But I realized like, like she wants me to be connected with him. He wants me to have that relationship. He wants me to be his king. He, he's talking about a level he doesn't care about me. Someone tells you, I don't care what you do. I like you. What happens if I burn the food? Whatever they're just wrong to, I don't care. I remember years ago, a guy told me he was like a, he was a therapist or psychologist, and he had a, a kid that was you know, like a teenager. And he said to him, I don't remember the whole background, but he told me this on like some of these things. He goes, he told the teenager, he goes, he goes, like I'm I'm gonna work with you. And he's like, You don't want to work with me. He's like, Why not? He's like, I'm bad, yeah, it's not gonna work. I'm a bad person, you don't like me. He said, No, like. I'm happy because there's nothing he said, there's nothing you can say to me that's gonna it's gonna affect me. So he's like, Yeah, I'll show you. I was like, yeah. Sat on the phone and the guy cursed him out. Cursed him. And he's like, You done? And he's like, Yeah, he's like, I'm still happy. I'll, I'll work with you. And the guy kept cursing him again. And he's like, You done? I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'll still work with you. And he said, Fine, I'll work with you. You know, it's if you say he was trying to show him the like. I'm not, our relationship is, in, is a lot deeper than that. It's not that shallow. And this is what Rosh Hashanah is about. Deep level. It's not shallow. Oh, you did mitzvah, you're a good guy. You didn't do it, you're not so good. Way have have this, you know? And I think about it, imagine me and God, irrelevant. He doesn't look at me. We look at ourselves, uh, so critical. It's unfortunately, we're the most critical is on ourselves. So we look at ourselves so critically. Imagine you say, I'm good. No term, it doesn't it's irrelevant. Irrelevant, my my children, me and God, He wants me, and He chooses me. He's choosing me. It's beautiful. Thank you. I love you, man. What do you want me to do? Like, just tell me, I'll do whatever it is. You know, you you're choosing me. Let's do it. You know. And then you go back to the next day. You know? As 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 the Shab said to the Fidi Grover after Yom Kippur, he goes. Now you start doing chuvah, you know? Yeah. Selfie? Take a selfie? <laughs> I thought the pictures you guys took was it's good. Yeah. But I'm not going to get in, get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, how was the selfie? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you everyone for joining online. This is the official part of the program.